Hello and welcome to Chairside Live. I'm your host, Megan Strong. We're so glad you're tuning in today because in this episode, Dr. Abai is placing implants on number 18 and number 19. He's placing the implants using the guided surgery technique. So let's check out why he chose that method and watch his process for placing the Han implants and seeding two single unit Bruxer screw retained crowns. You don't want to miss this. So over to you, Dr. Abai. Hi everyone, my name is Dr. Abai and I want to welcome you back to another episode of Chairside Live. I want to present to you a case where a patient was referred to me by her general dentist for the evaluation and treatment of the mandibular left posterior area. The patient's been missing teeth number 18 and 19 for over about five years now and requires uh, some sort of restoration, be it a partial denture or, uh, or implant. So we had the patient come in for an evaluation and we took a look and the clinical situation that I was presented with is what you see here, missing teeth number 18 and 19. A bit of deficiency there on the buckle, especially with the soft tissue. So we have to evaluate that and see where we can go with it and whether the patient needs any bone grafting or not. A good way to evaluate this, obviously, through clinical examination and also a cone beam CT scan. So we looked at both and came up with a treatment plan to place implants utilizing guided surgery. However, there is a twist to it. We reflected a flap before we placed the implant. So let me take you through the case. So here I want to uh, clinically evaluate how much attached tissue I have surrounding the teeth and uh, in the area of the implants. Uh, once we go through a digital treatment planning, uh, we can fabricate the guide and take the patient through guided implant placement. However, I wanted to reflect the flap. So I reflect a full thickness flap uh, in this situation to be able to visualize the bone and evaluate. And one of the main reasons why I'm reflecting the flap is to help create more keratinized tissue to the buckle surrounding the implants. So once the flap is reflected, I'll seat the guide, and this is a tooth-supported guide, so I'll seat it, and it has uh, great stability, and I can go through the drilling sequence, create the osteotomy, and place the implants through the surgical guide. Each step is very important, and also uh, it's the, the, the most important thing is to stabilize our guide and make sure that it's not moving while we're going through our osteotomy drills. So step by step, uh, we're widening the osteotomy until we reach a point where our final drill matches the size of our implant. And once we have that, we can go ahead and uh, place the implant through the guide so that it is a fully guided technique. So here you see our initial osteotomy once we go through with, uh, with the round drill and our start drill. And uh, we can slowly move forward in our uh, drill sizes and increase uh, the diameter and length of the drills until we reach that final point where our drills and our implant match. At the same time that I'm drilling, I'm also stabilizing our surgical guide on the teeth to make sure that it's not moving while we're, we're drilling. Each step is controlled in this situation to ensure that those implants are placed exactly at the same location as we had treatment planned them through our digital treatment planning software. So here you see I've completed my osteotomy and I'm going to connect my Han implant to the implant mount. And the reason I'm using the Han implant is because I get extremely good primary stability and excellent bone retention around the cervical area of the implant 
through the years. So we placed the Han implants and removed the surgical guide, and now I'm ready to place my healing abutments. Now I have the option of going through either a one-stage or a two-stage technique. I decided a one-stage technique, which means I'm placing a transmucosal healing abutment and I'm suturing around my healing abutments in order to close uh, the situation and make sure that the patient heals very well. So one week later, the patient comes back and we do an evaluation. And at that point, I don't remove the sutures. And this is the situation after two weeks where we remove the sutures and the patient's uh, tissue is healthy. So now we have to wait for uh, a period of uh, three to four months for osteointegration. In this case, I waited about four months. Uh, I wanted to make sure that those implants were fully healed and I remove the healing abutments. And now I place my close tray impression copings. Now these implants are next to each other. Uh, and if I was going to splint them together, I would actually splint the impression copings together before making that final impression. Because these are going to be single units and separate from each other, I'm not as concerned with uh, splinting those implants together. And any discrepancy can be adjusted with the contact points so that there is no tension between these implants because they're not splinted together. All right, so we capture the traditional final impression. And now I send that to Glidewell for the fabrication of my final restorations. Now this was all pre-planned and the final restorations are Bruxer screw retained crowns. These are hybrid restorations, which means that the crown part is Bruxer solid zirconia and the connection part is a titanium sleeve that connects into the implant. And the reason I chose these crowns is because of uh, obviously the strength and durability of the Bruxer solid zirconia and also uh, something that uh, sometimes uh, is overlooked which is uh, the screw channels. It's a lot easier to uh, close up and hide the screw channels utilizing the Bruxer. It's an all-ceramic rather than a PFM. A PFM, when the patient uh, laughs uh, big and opens their mouth, you can see the screw channels. So in this situation with the Bruxer material, I'm able to close off the screw channels and hide my screw channels. Because of the path of draw, I want to make sure that I place one of the crowns before the other, and we practice that before we finalize the restoration. So we want to make sure that I place the correct crown on top of the implant first, and once I finalize that restoration, I can place the next implant crown on top of the implant. So we have those uh, restorations in place, and I torque them down to 35 newton centimeters, which is what's required for the Han dental implant system. And at this point, I want to check my interproximal contacts uh, to make sure that there is no tightness there. And I want to make sure I can pass floss through with a, with a nice uh, sharp snap. And once I have everything in place and torque down to, uh, to the 35 newton centimeter value, then I can go ahead and place the Teflon and the composite on top of the screw axis channels. The Teflon is tightly packed in there and I want to make sure I have about a millimeter and a half of space uh, for the retention of my composite. So I place the Teflon and this is the situation with the Teflon in place and with the use of some bond material and packable composite I'll go ahead and place the composite in place and shape it to the to the shape that I would like. We cure it and this is the final situation. So at this point, I'll move forward and check the occlusion and make any adjustments. And what we have here are two Han implants that are restored with Bruxer solid zirconia crowns. 
Well, I want to thank you for uh, joining me for another episode of Chairside Live and hope to see you back here soon for yet another episode. Thank you for that, Dr. Bai. Well, that about wraps it up for this episode of Chairside Live. On behalf of everyone here at Glidewell Laboratories, we thank you for watching, and I'll meet you right back here next time.